Welcome to Truth in the City, the podcast with pastors Anthony Kidd and Bobby Scott. They help pastor Community of Faith Bible Church in Southern California. Learn more about them and the church they serve at cfbcla.org. I'm your host, Say La or Say Nothing, but my mama calls me Gerald. Today's question is, what is apostasy? Uh, in light of um, recent, you know, public professions of people uh, denouncing the faith, we'll get into details in a minute, it kind of brings up this topic. And um, a lot like myself um, was shaken because, like you mentioned off air, uh, Pastor Kid, that it hits home when it's someone close. Yeah. And it was someone that, you know, when you think, ah, oh, this guy's solid as a rock, mm-hmm. I never would think of him coming to this conclusion and saying stuff like this and we're left with the big question how does this happen what is this you know and uh and of course if we be honest we go could this happen to me because if it could happen to him jeez you know that's how some of us i know felt so Hating to to be here, but we're here, fellas. Right, we're here. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is apostasy? Well, let me give an Old Testament definition. Okay, let's try. And then okay. you do you do yeah. a New Testament. Okay. All right. So let me do a classic Old Testament definition that uh, um, may not be obvious to everybody. But the first apostate was Adam. Mm. So God made Adam in His image and likeness. And let me just do a stop there without developing all the theology about that. That being human that God shared with Adam, finite attributes. Adam wasn't infinite in any way. He was a human, not a little guy. But mm-hmm. God shared with him in some finite ways um, attributes so that Adam could be a volitional being, mm-hmm. an emotional being, a moral being, and I'll go on a relational being. Mm-hmm. God made us to have a relationship with himself and to reflect what God was like more than anything and everything else in creation. Mm-hmm. That's what's his purpose. His very reason of being Mm -hmm. was to reflect what God was like. He could do that Mm -hmm. by staying in an intimate relationship with God. Got it. So the question is, what did Adam do? Okay. Well, we know what Adam did. Right. Adam rejected God. Mm -hmm. And so people people always say, well, Eve was deceived and Adam just sinned with his eyes wide open. That's all the text says. No, no, no. The text is pretty explicit. Mm -hmm. It says in kind of trade and stock Old Testament language, by mm-hmm. that I mean just real clear language of what apostasy would be, mm-hmm. idolatry would be in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It says in Genesis 3.17, Adam chose not to listen to God. He chose instead to listen to Eve saying, hey, we can be gods. Mm-hmm. So he chose and God told Adam directly before he made Eve. God told Adam, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 2.16 to 17. Told him directly, mm-hmm. ears wide open, seeing God, hearing God, being with God. He heard all of that. Mm-hmm. And then Eve tells him, no, let's, let's become like God's and eat of this tree. And Adam chose to follow, listen to Eve. Mm-hmm. He apostatized. He fell away. And basically, it is this revolt. Yeah. It's mutiny. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be subject to you, God. 
Mm. I'm going to do it and pursue it my own way. Mm. And, and, and the hint in the text is that even that Satan lied and said, there was a wisdom in doing this. Mm-hmm. You'll know for yourself some things. Mm-hmm. And Adam wanted to be free and know for himself and mm-hmm. experience life not being under God, but being over God in a sense. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's mutiny, mm-hmm. it's rebellion, it's relational rejection, mm-hmm. and it hurts. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. And I, I wanted to add and, and maybe just start here by saying, you know, Gerald, what you mentioned, we're here because of some significant individuals, at least significant in the sense of very mm-hmm. popular individuals that many of us know mm-hmm. um, that have had a certain level of influence in Christianity and evangelicalism, mm-hmm. certain platform. And these are individuals that had a certain level of popularity and we're seeing them. Yeah. yeah. You know, renounce the faith. And so I just want to say to those that are listening that are maybe hurting, mm-hmm. are really struggling, like we get that, mm-hmm. you know, so we're going to say some things here. But we, we want to we want to start off by saying that, that, that we sympathize that when you know someone and it's not just those who have a certain level of notoriety, mm-hmm. but you can go all the way down mm-hmm. to parents. Yep. Right. Yep. Whose children made a profession of faith you know, in church, in youth group, all those kinds of things. They go off to college and they come home and they tell their mom and dad, yeah. I don't believe this and, anymore. And vice versa, yeah. that your parents took you to Sunday school, took you to church, yeah. and now dad is apostatized and rejecting the faith and is yeah. with some man now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we, we get that, and, and, and we want to empathize and sympathize with those. But we want to say what the Bible has to say about it, right? Because yep. the Bible isn't silent about this. The Bible is very clear, as mm. uh, Pastor Bobby just mentioned, the first apostate was the first man. Mm. So apostasy is introduced into the human experience mm from day one. And so when we come to the New Testament, the New Testament speaks just as clearly as the Old Testament about apostasy as well. And so when you think about apostasy, so what is that? So it it comes from a Greek word, apostasia, and I'll just mention one text. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 just reads this way, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction so there paul uses the word apostasy apostasy and it is oftentimes in the new testament translated falling away Mm -hmm. so we could just think about that a little bit so falling away means that you were one place at one point Mm -hmm. and then you move away from that so to put it in this context an apostate is someone who first of all was attached to a body of doctrine. And in our context, obviously, the doctrine of the faith, Christianity, Mm -hmm. uh, the gospel, the teachings of who God is and how God saves and have expressed loyalty and commitment to the fundamental teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then to apostatize is to fall away from that. And I like the way Bobby said it because there is a sense in the word of revolt and rebellion Right now, that's that. That's the word itself. It has that. We don't oftentimes think about that. We sometimes think, well, the person started to think differently. Well, they may have started to think differently, but yeah. there's a moral component to apostasy. Yeah. That there is an allegiance that a person has professed to have toward the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we could talk about reasons why people apostatize, but there is a revolting toward that and against the Lord. Yeah. yeah, their former allegiance and now they're moving into a different direction. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. there's a verse that, you know, at our church here at Community of Faith Bible Church, we've been for the last couple of years working our way through the Gospel of John. Yeah. And what we've been seeing there is that John or Jesus has been preaching and teaching and 
big, huge crowds are following him. But it comes to this place in John chapter 6, uh, uh, verses 66 and, and following where Jesus begins to say hard sayings. He talks about, you know, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you yeah. will not, you know, be able to be my disciple. You will have no part of me. And in verse 66, it says this, as a result of this, that is Jesus' teachings, Many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Mm. Right? And these are individuals, and the Bible uses the word disciples. These are mm -hmm. people who had committed themselves to follow Jesus Christ. And as a result of his teachings, they withdrew from him and refused to walk with him. There's a more rebellion there. Yeah. They're taking themselves and their allegiance and said, We will no longer follow you. Mm -hmm. So when we speak about apostasy, Old and New Testament, that's what we're talking about. Gotcha. Individuals who made a profession of faith, mm -hmm. uh, proclaimed to have uh, put their trust and faith and allegiance to Jesus, and now they're withdrawing that and moving away from that. So that, that that's what we're talking about. Okay. All right. And how, in the light of that and now knowing what it is, how can we, if possible, guard ourselves from it <laughs> mm, yeah. how can we guard ourselves from it i uh, yeah i i just um want to start off first of all with with the church yeah um that the church a local church mm -hmm. is a professing is a is a, is a group of, of professing believers mm -hmm. um that are committing themselves to together committing themselves together under set leadership that they would say meet the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3, their godly leadership, and they gather together for the Lord's sacraments, for, for baptism and to break the um, communion, bread. communion yep. bread together and to be a gospel witness of Jesus in whatever community. So they're mm -hmm. gathered together to be a witness for Jesus. Mm -hmm. but, but, but part of the baptism part, the local church is guarding who comes in. Yeah. So an individual just doesn't get the prerogative to say, yeah, I'm a born-again believer, follow Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and who says so? Mm -hmm. so? So the church is validating the fact that this person is a born-again believer, mm -hmm. genuine, mm -hmm. heart-changed, follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if the church isn't doing that up front, listening to a testimony, if the church isn't real prayerfully like mm -hmm. considering fruit, like mm -hmm. what they see in this person's life, mm -hmm. So the person doesn't give a credible profession of faith if they can't even articulate the gospel, but sure. we're just letting folks in. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus says that when you throw out the seed, it hits all kinds of soils. Yeah. Some of the soils will just bear fruit for a little while because mm -hmm. it's on stony ground or various yeah. other reasons that right. it's not deep enough so that Satan can come and snatch it away. Yeah. So if the church doesn't do his due diligence, the church kind of can allow itself to be all confused and seemingly like shocked because someone f fell away because they didn't help figure that out up front yeah. Yeah. that the person really was really. never like converted. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's a, a good starting point. And I, and I, and I wanted to back up bef before we even tackle how to guard against it by underscoring the fact that the Bible says that this would happen. Yes. Okay. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and I don't say that to say that we shouldn't be surprised when certain individuals apostatize. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we're here because a, a very popular individual 
uh, Brady Goodwin, mm-hmm. uh, probably known by many people as Fanatic, mm-hmm. uh, apostatized, and uh, other individuals. Joshua Harris, a couple of years ago, apostatized. Yeah. There's yeah. been popular individuals. You know, there's a whole movement right now called the deconstruction movement mm-hmm. oh, where yeah. people are making podcasts and videos. You know, I'm no yeah. longer a believer of Jesus Christ. So we're seeing it. But, but all deconstruction, yeah. we'd have to qualify that. Yeah, sure. It can certainly lead to dangerous, yeah. right. dangerous ways of, of, of applying it. Right, yeah. yeah. So, sure. so. It, it, uh, what I want to underscore is is that this isn't a surprise sure. to to the Bible. Sure. The Bible said that this this time would come, and there, and there's yeah. a passage, First Timothy chapter four, verses one to two, that I wanted to just to, to read, where Paul writes. Uh, this is his last kind of will and testament. He's writing to Timothy, you know, before he goes to be with the Lord, and and he says this. This is the, the first letter he wrote while he was in prison. He says, "But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times." Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. So he's warning Timothy, like, this is going to happen, mm, yep. right? This has always been a case, and it's, and it's not going to stop. So we should expect this to happen. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to prevent this from happening, yeah. sure, right? But sure. we shouldn't be surprised when it happens. John said that it, it's part of the journey, right? Yep. They went out from us because they were never a part of us. If they were a part of us, they would have remained with sure. us, but so that it might be shown that they were not a part of us, they went, they, they left us. I so, think this, the striking part for this one, though, that it, the person seemed to be in the right direction for Decades, yeah. yeah, yeah, and let me you jump into I mean? that. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like if it was like a couple years, and then right, right. this yeah. guy is kind of yeah. like back right. where he was. He kind of like, well, I'm not right, right. Yeah, that's part of the journey too. But yeah, yeah, thirty years. Yeah. Right. So when Jesus says that um, to the twelve, one of you is going to, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. betray me, and yeah. and they all are just trying to figure out who it was, mm-hmm. because Judas had walked with them for three years and did everything publicly. That the rest of the disciples or apostles had done, sure. but Jesus says in the beginning in John six seventy, didn't I choose you the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil, so someone can be among us mm-hmm. for years, gotcha. and we could have no clue at all yeah. gotcha. that that person yeah. is actually not really a believer because then no one's losing their salvation. Yeah, Anthony quoted First John two eighteen and nineteen. When people go out. God allows that to show that they were never really rooted gotcha. as a part of us. Their their heart was never changed. They were never born yeah. again. They were yeah. never really yeah. a, a genuine believer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so they go out. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it, 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 when you have people who have been presumably walking with the Lord for a long time, not only walking with the Lord, but maybe even pastors. Yeah. yeah. Like this can happen to, to Judas to, was big yeah, time. Yeah. Man. And exactly. they were all like beyond shock. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so here you you know, and sometimes I, I think we we need to pause and, and and read the New Testament afresh with fresh eyes to realize like what you said. So Judas was he was one of the twelve. It wasn't as though he stuck out like a sore thumb, and people were like, "Oh, we know this dude is an interloper. We know no. that this dude is like, you know, a devil." No, nope. they didn't know, as as Bobby said, when they were sitting around and having the Last Supper, and Jesus mentions, "One of you will betray me." They all turned to each other and said, "Who is it? Me?" Is it me? Nobody pointed to Judas. Yeah. So Judas listened to the words of Jesus mm-hmm. for three years. Mm-hmm. He went out with the rest of the disciples. Preached the word of God for three years. He did miracles. He did miracles. He did miracles. Did miracles. Uh, yeah. So uh, th- th- that's that, better than selling records. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's as close as it get. And yet, at the end, 
he is the one that is an apostasy. He is really, in wow. some sense, as I put this, you know, it, at least from a New Testament standpoint, when it comes to walking with Jesus, the prototypical yeah. apostate. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I, I wanted to just underscore the reality that the Bible not only says it's going to happen, but we have examples Absolutely. of it happening as yeah. well. And yeah. then you said this to Anthony, and it marks the season we're in. Mm. In the latter times, some will fall away. First yeah. John says that. Um, they, it, it, it says the last days in the text in First John two eighteen through nineteen, yeah. but it's like there's no definite article. So the text really is describing the time. It's like last hour times we see a lot of people, gotcha. you know, fall falling away, so to speak, or turning away. It's like it's like the last days. So we're in a season. This last days like. Yeah. Very last day likeish, and it hurts. It affects us. Yeah. People that we've loved and invested in. I mean, Jesus said to Judas, "Are you going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss?" Yeah, like yeah, like, oh, and, and he loved him to the end. Until the end. Uh, so that it hurts. It hurt Jesus profoundly. Yeah, and if you think of Jesus, the perfect man was a perfect man. He loved perfectly. He sacrificed perfectly. He mm-hmm. cared profoundly deeply. Mm-hmm. And so when something goes yeah. awry, like a relationship breaks, he feels yeah. it way more than we would. And we're weeping over some of these people yeah. and rightfully so yeah. because we love them yeah. Yeah. and, and our hearts are broken. But, but, but Jesus uh, knows that pain the way we do. So don't, I, I guess I'm just trying to say for folks who are listening and you are hurt by all this, Jesus gets you. Yeah. Yeah. He feels you. Yeah. 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 And returning back to Gerald, the the question, which is a great question, how do we, you know, guard against it? I think, I think Bobby initially just saying that the churches have to do their due diligence in terms of really guarding the front door of really affirming who is a disciple and who is not a disciple. And, you know, we, we can't read anybody's heart. But we are supposed to be fruit inspectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to check people's uh, testimony. And so I, I think it starts there. The other thing that I think, too, uh, in, in assuming that those who make professions of faith are understand the necessity of being a part of a good, solid Bible teaching yes. and preaching church. Absolutely. <laughs> Under sound doctrine, right? Absolutely. But I want to I, I say something, too, and I want to add to that. It, it, you you, you want to have a church that, that, that preaches and teaches sound doctrine, but also has a robust theological understanding of the necessity of discipleship, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because you can have individuals that come on a Sunday and they listen to sound doctrine and leave and you never have any kind of fellowship, any kind of accountability, nobody in your life, you I know, suspect that too from, yeah. from, you know, Brady. I'll be honest, just yeah. from his own admission yeah. on his video, he does speak a lot of, hey, I was still in church, mm-hmm. but I don't, it doesn't sound like it was like a real deep fellowship Ship. with people yeah. because it's a shock to them too. Yeah. 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 So nobody, so nobody can, knew it, right? Exactly. Which, which almost, uh, almost yeah. argues that nobody was really yeah. in his life. Yeah. yeah. In the times where he was really, really yeah. struggling, like the years he brings up, I don't hear, yeah, yeah people struggling with him. Yeah. They're the members of the cross movement knew right for some mm-hmm. time because they were tight. They were, yeah. you know, yeah. they were yeah. tight. They were new, yeah. but beyond yeah. that, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. more importantly though, because they're not in the same church. Yeah. Is 
your, your church family. Your church like, family, your uh, elders, your pastors, people that maybe when you yeah. started have, finding some cheeks in your armor, they could have been like, hey, brother, let's get together. Let's talk. Let's yeah. pray about this. Thing. Let's, yeah. You so know. here's a quick application for us listening. Are, do you ask people, like, go very close to you, how's your soul? Yeah. Don't ask them how they're doing. Just yeah. ask them, how's your soul? How's yeah. your time with Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself, are you, are you consistently submitting to him mm-hmm. out of gospel grace because mm-hmm. he's stirring your heart to love him? Yeah. And so when people start to drift and sin, and um, it's a directional thing. Yeah. And so God entrusts us a love stewardship. In Matthew chapter 18, Anthony talked about discipleship, and the hard part of discipleship is church discipline. Yeah. So when we see each other sinning, we've got to go to each other. That's yeah. a love thing. Yeah. That's not a judgment thing. That's a love thing. The, 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 the thing that damages us the most is sin. Yeah. The thing that pushes us away from God the most is sin. Yeah. And a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So it can affect the whole church where church now isn't really loving each other by, seeing, by, by calling each other to repent. That's what the word is for, to reprove and to correct. And, yeah. and we've got to be doing that. And so, like Anthony said, these things aren't this, the tires that blew up. They're slow leaks. I mean, Judas, yeah. the text says, was stealing money mm-hmm. that folks were giving to the disciples uh, to support the, the ministry. So when he's asking and saying, hey, you know, this perfume could have been sold for all this he was saying that because he wanted to steal the money. Uh, he wasn't concerned about that. It says that in, in John chapter 12, verse 6. And so the point I, I, I'm kind of, I guess I'm trying to get my finger on uh, when we think about this question of, uh, you know, how do we, you know, guard and help each other. We have the celebrity thing now yeah. in the church. So someone gets popular on Twitter, that means they're godly. Someone gets popular yeah. on, you know, others like, like Instagram – then they're godly. It doesn't mean they're godly, oh, yep. but they become above accountability. Yeah. I know some folks that I, I could, you know, celebrities now I because of that. I could call and, and try to check. I'm a little peon pastor with right, two, three hundred right, people yeah. in my church. <laughs> right. They're not going to listen to me because they're big. Yeah. And church, I would just say celebrityism yes. is a danger. Absolutely. We still have to hold people accountable. That's absolutely. Good. No, that's absolutely. Good. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, because as this came out, you know, the, the, the believers especially pastors naturally feel like hey we need to speak out against this and say hey man this this is not cool because what was happening not surprisingly is he says this he makes this you know announcement and people come alongside and say hey man we understand right uh we're here with you and i understand you want to love people you know yeah. we we call a love unbelieving mm-hmm. i don't right, believe yeah. strangers our family members we just that's part of the journey love them you all know, you gotta you, you yeah. gotta love them but at the same time uh love shows up in telling people the truth that's right so yeah. i don't want to l- make you feel comfortable in your in apostasy your, yeah in no, your no. apostasy it's, so so yeah. that was that vibe was yeah. happening like Guys, this is not time for biblical truth. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, yes, it is time for biblical truth so we can get some clarity because some people are moved by this and shocked by this. And what's what's their comfort? Yeah. You know, and it's not just, well, don't talk and don't say anything. Let them go through this and let us hear us out. And there is time for that. We want to hear them out. We want to, you know, come alongside. But at the same time, Apostasy is a apostasy. Yeah, no apostasy. Yeah, I, that's it's kind of cut. It's yeah, like 
Yeah, the, no, the, very clear to me. Yeah, like, the, the, I mean, the, again, the Bible is the, the the Bible shows compassion for people when when they struggle. No doubt about it. But apostasy is apostasy. Yeah. It, it is a falling away, and it, as we said before, it is a, it is a it is a rebellion against God. It's it's a it's a re- rejection of the truth, and it's the saving truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we we need to say that and not be embarrassed to say that. And the Bible is so serious about it. I. I had, had open uh, Hebrews chapter ten, and this is still in mm. line with like, you know, maybe signs of apostasy and yeah. ways that we can really, you know, help each other That's and uh, you know, and try to intervene before it gets to that point. Yeah. But uh, the writer, the author of Hebrews, wrote this: "Let us hold fast." This is Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Notice this verse 25, Mm -hmm. not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, normally we stop reading right there, but we need Mm -hmm. to keep going, right? Mm Because the next verse says, for if we go on sinning willfully Mm -hmm. after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of fire, which will consume the adversaries. And it goes on to talk about punishment. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I bring that up because there's a connection between this falling away that he's talking about mm-hmm. and forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things that is a sign that somebody may be considering turning away from or mm-hmm. struggling in their faith they stop coming around the, the, the church. They stop That's coming around one. other believers. They isolate themselves. That's an easy one. And so an antidote to that is, and I would say this just to Christians and particularly those in a, in a covenant community, when you're not seeing somebody, you know, you haven't yeah. seen them in a few weeks. Pick up the phone. Man, you got to pick up the phone. Yeah. You got to get in your car. You got to go. go you, just, you can't let yeah. people just go off and yeah. be on their own. You know, even when people say, hey, brother, I need some time. Mm-hmm. No, nah, brother. Yeah. Like, that, like when you got saved. <laughs> I'll give you a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of hours. Couple but I'm coming to pick totally you up for it. breakfast tomorrow morning. Right. Totally don't, get it. don't give people that space and don't give people that space so the devil can have them sure. isolated from the means of and grace. And I think that's some of this as well, too. Yeah. Because you know, it really surfaced uh, in this particular story over the pandemic. Yeah. When we were all isolated, isolated to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. You yeah. Know, things we're left to our own devices. And even yeah. if you've been thinking about those kind of things, you can't think yourself clearly if you're struggling morally in that way. Yeah. You need the objective truth of God's word. You need the body of Christ. You need those that God has set in authority over your life. Now, that moves me to my next question because this is, you know, uh, what was brought up as as far as far as you know, his reasoning to fall away was not trusting the word of God anymore. Mm, yeah, he said something to the effect of I, I, I couldn't amen what I used to amen. Mm. Right, so it's this sense of just like you said, what we see in Genesis. There's this sense of some new information, some new mm-hmm. enlightenment has has come, and now. Mm. Mm, People couldn't answer my questions. Mm-hmm. I know this guy interprets it this way. It could really, this could be interpreted that way. I don't trust the Bible anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the shocking statement for me was, um, I now know what I hold in my hand more clearer than mm-hmm. I've ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and like mm-hmm. I said, I think about somebody that you know is just real solid. Yeah. And all of a sudden saying, I, I know this and I've gotten some other knowledge mm-hmm. now and you guys are just hmm, falling for it. So how can the 
we say are, as pastors, defend the, the, the question, how can I even trust the, yeah. that this is the word of God? Yeah. Well, let me, first of all, in, try to empathize with people. You're listening, you have hard questions. Sure. You feel like you're, you're on the, the, the edge of, um, you know, um, turning away from things that you affirm that you believe because they're questions in your mind that you can't answer. Mm. Ask your questions. The, yeah. Bible's a, it's, the Bible can handle your questions. <laughs> the Bible's a big boy yeah, book. Parents, parents <laughs> you know, let your, you know, your, your middle schoolers, your high schoolers, ask you the questions that Absolutely. they really, really, really have. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't know, you know, call your pastor, you know, seek out some theologians who have really wrestled through those things because the Bible has answers. I would say, first of all, the Bible's not afraid of anybody's questions. Sure. But then I would say, secondly, too, in terms of um, be careful that you don't assume that your questions are, check what Anthony said, simply amoral. Mm-hmm that there's not a moral backing to what's driving you to try to push out of the narrow way, mm-hmm. to be on the broad road mm-hmm. so you can have what you want mm-hmm. and justify what you're doing. So that's the, if I can go back to Genesis, Satan is offering Adam this wisdom, that a wisdom that allows him to not be limited to, to the place that God given to him. And, and yeah. when he ate the fruit, his eyes were open. He now knew some things mm-hmm. experientially that were dark. Yeah. And, and and he now being separated from God, he's now enslaved to a wrong truth, a false knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that's the danger of the moral component of not being content with God's revelation, that to turn away from it means you're turning to um, a, a, a worldly wisdom that James yeah. denounces as demonic. Yeah. And you think you're wise, you think you know, but it's not really wise. And let me say one last thing. Yeah. So Joshua Harris is really, you know, he's pretty transparent in his 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 rejection, his apostasy, apostasy. Mm-hmm. and what he said was, "I got to a place, and it was where I recognized I church disciplined people for a lot of stuff I'm now believing and stuff that he was doing." Mm-hmm. Yep. So the issue for him wasn't just simply knowledge of what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. The issue for him was, I can I keep saying I'm believing something that I'm rebelling and sinning against? Yeah. So you can't separate knowledge from sin. The sin affects what you think you know. Yeah, I think that, and that's very good. I'm glad that you use that example uh, of Adam. I think that's very, very, very good because that's what I, I heard in this case mm-hmm. yeah. of now I've, I've gotten this new knowledge and um, you guys don't really know. I know more. I know more than yeah, yeah. all of mm-hmm. yeah. church history and all these yeah. great minds that yeah. have dug through it and asked some yeah. of these same yeah. hard questions. Yeah, and no, you. I, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I just got to go there. I, it, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there, there are no new questions. Yeah, there, there are no new like discoveries. Look at the trick. I'm, I'll show yeah. you one of the tricks. Yeah. This was one of the tricks that's on Brady's post. One of his yeah. previous posts. This was one of the tricks. The Hubble. Telescope, right? You've heard this, right? Mm-hmm. Has captured all these other galaxies, right? Yeah. It's not a uh, a strong argument to me, right? But it's there's no Genesis account of this area, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right here, right? Yeah. So is this a part of it? <laughs> and then it, it's it's to be used that we say, well, yeah, because we believe God. Uh, created everything but it doesn't really say <laughs> right. this right. and the Hubble t- 
telescope is right. now showing us things that right. these people, when they were writing, they wouldn't have right. yeah. been able to even. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do we, and I'm like, yeah. that is so weak to me, but. No, right, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Out there. So Perf- what do we say to things Perf- like professing that? Professing to be wise yes. and become fools. It's, Ro- it's like- Romans chapter one. And, and again, I, I, I know that somebody might be listening like, well, that's not answering the question. I, you know, and so the answer to the question is, is that in the beginning, God created everything. Mm-hmm. So everything that you know about and everything that you don't know about. Yep. Everything that the Hubble telescope and maybe a thousand years from now, whatever other telescope may come and find. Like yeah. the Bible, the Bible has an answer for it. I understand that. <laughs> and, I, and, I don't, and I'm like, I'm not shaken by that because I believe that God created everything. Yes. And it will take, I think, honestly, it would take hundreds and thousands of years to explore everything that God has created. I think in our lifetime, we won't see everything that God has created on this earth. Right. And, and, and intentionally so, because God is infinite. He made yes. the universe so big so that we would know that That's he's right. infinite. That's and it. the same God who's infinite as manifested in creation, he wrote a book. So the question is, they're saying, well, Moses, how could he have known about the space exactly. that ex- expanded the cosmos? Exactly. Well, well, you know what? He didn't know. But God did. And in Second Peter... Chapter two says that when the when the authors of scripture were writing, that they weren't writing based upon their own initiation of a thought. That it says, and let me just read it in Second Peter chapter one, verse nineteen and following. And I'm reading out of a Christian Standard Version. Okay. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation. It's not coming from the the loosings of his own mind. Mm -hmm. It says because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Mm -hmm. So Moses didn't just sit down and just say, I want to write a a, a cosmological kind of explanation explanation of the universe Mm -hmm. instead men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit so that they are human writers with personalities i can tell you luke wrote luke and there's all kinds of medical terms in it he's Mm -hmm. a doctor but luke didn't just sit down says i'm going to give you a gospel this text is saying the holy spirit supernaturally Mm -hmm. initiates controls the process so much so that as a human author writes with their personality God signs off on every single word is his. Gotcha. So Second Timothy says all scripture is breathed out from God. So the question is, well, these men didn't know. Let me ask the question, did God know? Because it's his book and his words. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah and, and, and kind of like what you said, I mean, it, what Bobby said, it, 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 God is so infinite. I mean, we, like, like medicine is discovering new things about the, the human genome. Right, Eric. I mean, stuff about the human body that we're still discovering, and and the Bible doesn't speak to that necessarily. But that that doesn't cause me to question the authenticity of the word of I God. Heard, I heard a brother say <laughs> we we can't rely on science because science can't even tell us why we yawn. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you wanna you wanna <laughs> yeah. rely on these principles to yeah. can't to, fix the common cold. Yeah, can't yeah. fix the common cold. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it uh, to underscore there. There's a passage, and, and we were meditating on this a few weeks ago um, in, in our church, uh, where Paul wrote in Second Timothy chapter four, where he is exhorting in a most solemn way for Timothy mm-hmm. to stay the course and abide in the Word of God and preaching the Word of God. And mm-hmm. the reason that he says it is because 
the time will come when they, now he's talking about professing believers to whom Timothy is called to be shepherding and preaching to. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, mm-hmm. but wanting to have their ears tickle, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will, here it is, turn away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. And, and I, I think what, 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 what is important to underscore there is, is he's saying that the turning away from the truth is not predicated upon intellectual issues, mm-hmm. but it's because of your own desires. Yeah, it's because absolutely. there's something you want that mm-hmm. you're not getting, right? In other words, the, the, the church or the Bible isn't scratching where you're itching, absolutely, right? And so you don't want to you don't want to do it anymore. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to submit yourself to this authority because it's not. And I have a quote up from Brady where it was on an article where this is a quote from what he wrote. He said, if I find one more thing in scriptures Mm -hmm. that doesn't have, and I'm quoting him, if I find one more thing in scriptures that doesn't have a good explanation without resorting to having to bend over backwards and hop over barrels to explain it, I might lose my faith, end quote, right? So in other words, I don't want to do the hard work. I, I, I like I, I, I. There's something in me that that does not want to submit to what God had said, and even if it's the limitations to what God has said, mm-hmm. I don't want that. That's not an intellectual thing. Yeah. That's a moral thing. Yeah. That that, that that's yeah. Adam. That's Adam saying yeah. like, you know what? I I, I want to eat these other trees. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the confines. And 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 when you get to that place, it's a dangerous place to gotcha. be. Yeah. It's it's yeah. A, it's an absolute dangerous place and, to be. And and always saying we want a God that's so small we understand absolutely everything he says Mm -hmm. everything he does Mm -hmm. his inner mind working his will is that that either you're going to be God and submit Mm -hmm. to an infinite God or you're going to apostatize and try to make God into your own image God is simply too big for me to understand everything I am always going to have questions Mm -hmm. so I have to walk by faith and not by sight yeah Mm -hmm. I was reading another um, it's a hill song which is a the kind of movement church and the yeah. popular songwriter, the same Somebody. thing, apostatized. And one of the things that he said was that, you know, he just couldn't anymore, you know, go with a God who sends billions of people to hell and the whole kind of thing. And, and you know, and I, and I thought about that. And, and and if the truth be told, we've all wrestled with the doctrine of hell. Absolutely. Yeah. We've wrestled with Absolutely. it. I mean, it's like, okay, how can that be? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I have to go to the word of God and understand God and what he's explained, his justice, his mm-hmm. righteousness, mm-hmm. the sin against him is infinite sin against him, which requires an infinite punishment. And if God says that this is infinite and he does what is right, mm-hmm. I got to submit to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't say I have to submit to it. I could choose not to submit to it. Right. True. And be in rebellion against God or say this is God. He created the universe mm-hmm. and it's a moral universe. And so he does what he does and it's good. So, I just think a part of what's happening here is as old as Bobby said, is Genesis chapter three. Yeah. It is rebellion against a sovereign, wise God. Yeah. Right. And we have to make a choice whether we're gonna submit to him or we wanna be gods ourselves. And if that's what this if that's the path that we choose, there will be dire consequences to sure. it. Yeah. And yeah, and rather than saying, Well, this doesn't make sense to me or moral sense to me, so so the Bible must therefore be wrong. Why not say you don't understand 
the perfect Hello. will of the mind of God. Yeah. Hello. And so <laughs> I, I could go through some of the hard examples that people kind of throw out there. Whoa, because the Bible says this. I can't believe it. Like, y- y- you've just simply not read the Bible right. Yeah. You know, our, Anthony was preaching this past Sunday. And, uh, and, I, and I, I've seen so many of these so-called, this is a contradiction in the Bible. Yeah. So the apostles, mm-hmm. so Jesus told the yeah. apostles, why haven't you asked me, like, where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Well, in chapter 13. Right, right. Chapter, was it 15? Yeah. They, they, uh, Peter and, was it? Yeah, yeah and Thomas. Thomas both they, both, they both asked them. But that's, that's a superficial contradiction yeah. in, in, <laughs> on the surface because it's yeah. not a contradiction. They were asking with similar words. Two different questions. Yeah. And so, so many of these so-called contradictions in the Bible doesn't say this. You just simply are using that as an excuse to mm. turn away from the third of Scripture and not doing due diligence and seeing how they reconcile. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, 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 and you said this, I think, Gerald, earlier that, you know, there's, there's no new questions. And, and you hear sometimes in this kind of movement like, Oh, the church isn't speaking to this, or the church isn't saying this. I, it, that, that's absurd. Yeah. The church, for the yeah. last two thousand years, has wrestled through all of these yeah. issues. I mean, like, like there are volumes and volumes and volumes out there on the doctrine of hell. There's volumes and volumes and volumes out there yeah. on the doctrine of, you know, uh, how to, how we put the Bible together. There, I mean, men and women with size thirty brains. Yeah. have worked through these issues and if you want to find those answers those answers are out there right and and it is can we just be honest it's the height of arrogance yeah. to think that you are the first individual right to ask a question that quote unquote nobody can answer yeah. it, it, i mean it really is a certain arrogance there and i just think we have to really bring a a, a measure of humility back to the authority of God. And you gotta be careful. When you put God on your scales of human scrutiny, now boy, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, one of the quotes um, he said, and I, I don't want you guys to think we're picking on Brady. This is just the ammunition to get some of these questions answered, honestly. Uh, and he said in, in one of his posts a few days ago, he says, many people confuse wanting intellectual faith with wanting intellectually honest faith. One is problematic, the other is a matter of integrity. Mm -hmm. So what he's trying to say is, Mm -hmm. this new knowledge is really me being honest about the word. You guys are not really wanting to be honest. And I'm going, man, what a twist. And I I was telling Tony, I was like, please, yeah. I mean, you get to a point where you're going against the word of God. Like, I'm, I'm going to say I'm smart and I figured out that there is something above this. And, and I was really looking for another quote where he was saying that there's another conversation going on yeah. that a lot of us are not. You know, the, the average layman. The average layman isn't happening. Is, is not there's having this conversation it. that scholars are having yeah. And, yeah. and the enlightened, almost the Gnostic, the anointed ones are having it. Yeah. And you peons in the church, you guys are not having That's it. That's it. And they're, ha- yeah. and they're hiding it. it from you. And you guys need to have that conversation. And so, therefore, your faith is not an honest and genuine faith because it hasn't been given all of the information and to I'm make being a decision the honest on. one. Yeah, and I'm being the honest one yeah. because I've heard all the arguments and now I'm just wrestling through that it. That was yeah. the aspect yeah. to me that was yeah. most troubling. Yeah, it because is. Because yeah. it makes people who may be on the fence, yeah. you yeah. think about it, and young believers, right. yeah. be like, man, yeah. should I be asking some more questions yeah. Yeah, let me, that I wasn't? 
let me try to give a quick example. So we get accused of like just the Sunday schoolish kind of like reading of the Bible, anything intellectually yeah. that challenges our faith. We just dismiss it like, oh, we just believe and we don't, aren't intellectually honest right. with the problems that they're in the Bible. Example, the Bible endorses American slavery. How can you believe a book that endorses American slavery? The Bible doesn't endorse doesn't. American slavery. It yep. simply doesn't. Yeah. That's a false reading of Scripture. Yep. Let me give you an example. Now, I did a whole series on yeah. American slavery. I'm going to do this in 10 seconds. Exodus chapter 21, verse 16 says, Whoever kidnaps a person must be put to death. That utterly, completely <laughs> condemns American slavery. <laughs> Yeah, human trafficking is yeah. always denounced yeah. in the Bible, and it is so yeah. even in the Old Testament with capital punishment. The whole American chattel slavery is based upon human trafficking. Absolutely. But the Old Testament, not just the Old Testament, I wanted to say that in the Old Testament, yeah. mm-hmm. but also the New Testament, Testament in 1 Timothy 1.10, when it talks about the proper use of the law, it talks about human trafficking in verse 10. It denounced, the law denounces slave trading kidnapping people. This is an exposition of thou shalt not steal. You can't steal someone's money, can't steal someone's car, it's you can't steal, can't steal someone's person. person. The yeah. Bible never blinks at that. <laughs> yeah. So so I would just say a superficial reading of the Bible talking about slavery. The yeah. Bible doesn't the Bible denounces murder of all types. But because it because it has case laws. Mm-hmm. It says, well if you accidentally kill someone, yeah. then do this. Or if you just get mad in a second, you right. kill someone. Or if you premeditatedly, you know, and it has it's dealing with the fact that we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. Sin is going to happen. Yep. What do you do in these cases? Mm-hmm. The Old Testament is saying we live in a world that you can have great poverty. People will sell themselves into slavery. Yep. What do you do? Yep. And so the Bible gives us moral application in these case laws to a particular people at a particular time. It's mm-hmm. not talking yep. about uh, human trafficking. Sure. So. That, that those types of arguments, again, just goes back to the yep. fact you want to do what you want to do. You. you throw out some casual excuse without mm-hmm. looking carefully at the scripture, scriptures mm-hmm. to try to justify yeah. it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. I see it. And the scriptures say there's nothing new under the sun. And yeah. I think like you guys have given uh, the two great examples of of uh, Adam and also uh, Judas. Yeah. I think those are the. Yeah. yeah. Those are the classics. Well, yeah. wrap, just want to wrap it up because I know we're pressed for time. Yeah. How would you want to leave this or put a pin? Yeah, in this I, I would want to say this, and and, and I know it, it. It sounds like maybe we got kind of excited here. Yeah. We, we, we're not trying to pick on anyone mm-hmm. in particular. Our hearts uh, break uh, when we hear of anyone who was a professing believer turning away from the Lord Jesus Christ in, in, in two ways. One is for their own soul's sake, sure. right? To turn away from the living waters, mm-hmm. right? As Jesus says, you know, to his, the, his apostles in the John six, you know, when the, when the many of the disciples stopped walking with him, he turned to his disciples and said, will you go away from me as well? And they said, Lord, where will we go? Will we you go? have the words of eternal, eternal life. life. And so when people move away from the words of eternal life, it burdens our souls. Sure. But it burdens our souls also because it dishonors Jesus. Yeah. It, it, it is yeah. saying that Jesus isn't who he says that he is. Yeah. It's saying that the word of God is a lie, that it's yeah. not actually the word of God. Yeah. And quite frankly, I get jealous for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I'm jealous for yeah. the glory of God. I'm jealous, yeah. I'm jealous for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I, I, I would want to say to those out there that have been rocked 
with this, my encouragement to them would be to look to Jesus. Jesus is the Savior, Mm -hmm. right? The church isn't the Savior. Your pastor isn't the Savior. Celebrities aren't aren't your Savior. Jesus is the Savior. And Jesus will never, ever, ever, ever let anyone down. He saves to the uttermost. And so... Yes, you know, if you're struggling with things and you and you, you have some issues and you are a, pro- a professing believer, run to the Savior. Mm-hmm. Run to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Get on your knees and, and whatever your issues are, bring them to him and, and let him speak to your heart through his word. And, uh, and you will find <laughs> that he does not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. And if you find refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not be disappointed. So I would just say to people... You know, the men, the best of men are men at best, Mm. right? Mm. And our faith cannot be anchored in individuals. Our faith has to be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you you anchor your faith in Christ, you will not be disappointed. Look to him. Bobby? Yeah, let me just throw one quick word out. And uh, it was amen to what Anthony just said. And I I would add to that that um, we live in a broken world and all kinds of things around us are going to fall. Leaders will fall, institutions will fall, nations will fall, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand. Amen. That doesn't mean every church or every leader, mm-hmm. but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand. And I would plead with you all, um, try to help your church if, it's, if, if you're saying it's not dealing with sin, because sin is the enemy, and it will destroy us and destroy churches, not the church, but churches. So I would say make sure that you're holding, you know, ask your pastor. Go up and ask him this Sunday, how's your soul? Mm. You know, know, pastor, Mm. I want to pray for you, but how's your soul? Pastors need that. that, that We're not immune to temptation or sin. And if a church isn't holding their leadership accountable, then these kinds of drifts happen. Satan can get in, Mm -hmm. and he can lure people into sin that can be devastating and so confusing people won't know is up down down sideways if they believe or not because they're in a state of sin and they have no assurance and that mm-hmm. gets confusing yeah. so i would just say you know help your church be a healthy church mm-hmm. if your church leadership refuses to be accountable yeah. if they refuse to hold people accountable you need to find a healthy church yeah. Yeah. you need to find a healthy church because at the end of the day we talked about churches are the ones who really help us the yeah. common grace that God gives us that special grace that God gives us through fellowship and his word the means of grace helps us from apostatizing yeah. well that's good thank you gentlemen for your time no, thank you brother and yeah. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to uh, continue and lock in on discussions like this please uh, visit Community of Faith Bible Church, wherever you can find podcasts or wherever you listen to uh, audio online, just search Community of Faith Bible Church. Amen. Thank Amen. you for your time. Amen. Thank you for listening to Truth in the City with Pastors Anthony Kidd and Bobby Scott. Learn more about them and the church they serve at cfbcla.org, a place where they're maturing disciples to make disciples. I'm your host, Selah. I'll say nothing, but my mama calls me Gerald. Join us next time on Truth in the City.